seven for me. So number seven was released on 17th of May, 2013. So I think this is, no, it's not. Uh, one of the newer ones. Sold 3.2 million copies worldwide. Uh, won, a, won a Grammy Award for Best Album and Best Song. It's the band's fourth album. Any ideas? No. No. <laughs> from that. It uh, features um, artists uh, Panda Bear, who's from Animal Collective, Julian Casablancas from The Strokes, Chili Gonzalez, Nile Rogers, Pharrell Williams, Giorgio Moroder, and Paul Williams. Okay, so there's a lot of famous people involved, isn't it? Yeah. And they all collaborated with the band? Yeah, on this album. And I know this band. Yeah. Not do I like them? I, I, you probably like some, but I, I don't think it would be in your top 73. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'm, I'm, I don't know it from the clues you've given me. I do feel like I could get it. Yeah. A little, with um, a little much. I'm trying to go from memory now. They're, they're historically a very dance band. <laughs> and um, they've used a lot of samples and things like that over the years. Um, they did soundtrack to a film before this and they basically learned to use instruments and to orchestrate and they took a lot of what they would normally do samples with and made actual music from it so it's i suppose one of their first genuine musical no music type albums <laughs> so now i'm going down the route of like chemical brothers it's no, um, no, it's good. It's not right. It's not Pet Shop Boys. Nope. Um, it's not like uh, like Erasure. Nope. Um, uh, they are French. French. And what was the film? Uh, Tron. Tron Legacy, the second Tron film. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's just eluding me, but I do. Okay, um, I'll give you one last clue, but let's say that you've not guessed that one. Um, you've probably never seen their faces. <laughs> it's not because they wear masks. Oh, Daft Punk, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as I saw that cover, I knew you were talking about. Well, that, that would have given it away a lot earlier. <laughs> yeah, I've got a Daft Punk final here, actually. No, that's good. Um, I, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, like I say, it won uh, several Grammy Awards for Best Album and Best Song. Um, it, it just flows so so well into each other. I mean, it only, only, only sort of goes off a little bit near the end, um, where it goes a bit more like they normally are. Which is mm. um, and there's, I mean, obviously you'll know um, Get Lucky, which everyone has. has yeah. Heard. Um, really good song to an extent. It's probably one of the weaker songs on the on the whole album. Um, they thought about everything. They they, they even they got um, Chili Gonzalez, who's a piano player, a pianist. Chili Gonzalez is absolutely amazing. Yeah, they they had they wanted they didn't want two different songs in different keys next to each other that kind of thought about the whole thing. Um, so there's, there's the one bit uh, it's called Within and Chili Gonzalez basically does a transition between the two tracks 
and halfway through changes the key so it then fits into the next song. Um, it was recorded a lot on uh, analog uh, analog equipment uh, on digital. Um, they even used it, it for like the George Yamaroda song. They they used um, even within the song. It's just basically basically him talking. Um, and as he's talking through the different years, they use different microphones from those eras to achieve. Oh, that's cool. so it's, it's just that much thought into it. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's now seven years old. Um, so I think that's the one. So bear, bear with me just a second. Yeah. Because um, I've got a uh, yeah, yeah. Unop- unopened. Well, get it open. Get it fucking open. <laughs> well, I don't like Daft Punk. That's the problem. Oh, you idiot. Yeah, Fatima said this to me the other day. They came on the radio, and I said, "I've never been a Daft Punk fan." And she said, "You what?" I said, I've never <laughs> she said, "You dick." Just listen, listen to it from start to end, and everything that I've just said, you'll kind of realise. Once you actually sort of think about it, you think, "Yeah, it's clever." Um, there's a song called "Touch," which is the one I'm going to choose to, to go on the list. Which is have you heard Paul Williams? Um, is Paul Williams? Paul Williams uh, is on "Touch," and he played <laughs> um do you remember Smokey and the Bandit yeah um Little Enos um well that's the problem that I have which is why it takes me so long to have a poo <laughs> and you got Big Enos and Little Enos right okay um, oh no 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 that's Cannonball Run Cannonball Run no I think it's Smokey and the Bandit it's one of them it's, it's either it's Smokey and the Bandit number six <laughs> This has nothing to do with it. But Paul Williams played, um, no, it's, it is Smoking the Bandits. So Smoking the Bandit, um, the, the two brothers come to them. One's really tall, one's really short and has like dark glasses. Um, that's Paul Williams. Paul right. Williams is the, wrote the one song that makes me cry every time I listen to it. No matter, even thinking about it gets me choked up. Um, and it was going to be, this is separate, but this was going to be another album that was going to be on this, but it hasn't in the end. He wrote uh, Rainbow Connection from the Muppets. Right. Um, even thinking about it, I'm going a bit teary now because I'm just thinking about it. Charlotte thinks it's like Pavlovian conditioning now. I mean, even thinking about it, it gets me crying. Um, it's the key change. The fucking key change at the end just goes, oh, it's like, ah. Uh, <laughs> oh. went, oh, and I went, ah. And I went, ooh. <laughs> um, but he, Paul Williams wrote all the music for the first, I think, five Muppets films. So yeah. Christmas Carol, everything like that. So he's kind of a genius in his own right as well. And he features on Touch, which is just an amazing song. All right, I'll prioritise it. I'll get it on. Please do, please, please, from start to finish. Let's say it just trail off a little bit near the end, but it is amazing. Okay. And they've still not, they've still not done anything since as well, which is uh, annoying. They, they, they're not good at, I think they've been around for 20 odd years. And yeah, yeah. They've done four albums. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I remember they've always, I've always been around people who love them. Yeah, and I've, I've just uh, and maybe the thing is, you know, I've only ever heard the hits, so perhaps there is a lot of stuff in there that I could really like, but I've, I've only ever heard the, the the big hits, and I've I've never liked one of them. Right. Um, so so I mean, even the um, you know, what was it they were doing where they were using the the um, blue the anime type, um, you know, the videos, oh, the yeah, famous um, videos, yeah, Discovery, Discovery album. Yeah, so you got um, one more time. One more. Yeah, one I more time. See, yeah. See, I didn't like that at all. Oh. Um, and, and that's that's why I think like if I don't like that, what's the do chance? I, do I even know you? <laughs> I just I don't know what it is. I, I just can't, I can't get on with it. I cannot get on with it. And it's not even the type of music because you know there's, there's a lot of stuff that's similar that I do like. 
Yeah. I, I just, for some reason, I've just never been able to get on with that punk. Maybe um, try with that album then. Yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. So yeah, there you go. That's my number seven. All right, so we're on to my number six then. Yes. So this album um, is the third, it was the third studio album um, and it was released on October the 24th, 1966 by Columbia Records. Right. Um, It's full of hits. (laughs) 66. Pet Sounds. What? Pet Sounds. No. Uh, Have you got any more clues? (laughs) Um, was did you think that it's full of hits was enough to give me some give me a clue? <laughs> it's let me reword it. It's full of absolute bangers, <laughs> some absolute zingers. And it's um, the it's been voted in the um, for the fact the top five hundred greatest albums of all time in Rolling Stone. Top five hundred, um, you say? Five hundred greatest albums, wow. but it's regard it's regarded as one of the greats. It's by a duo. Has <laughs> um, one of them got a very high forehead? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say Simon and Garfunkel, Bridge Over the River Kwai. Bridge Over the River Kwai. Uh, <laughs> over Troubled Waters. Uh, you're only half right. And other songs? It's not the, it's not, it's the album's wrong. Oh, um, oh. It's the slightly out of focus one, isn't it? With um, Paul Simon in the front with a dodgy moustache. I can't, I, I don't know. Oh, Sound of Silence. Nope. <laughs> um, it's named after herbs. 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 Parsley, sage, rosemary and thyme. Correct. Ah, there you go. Yeah. I'll, take, I'll take half a point for that one. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'd have thrown you if I said, no, it's not, it's not, it's the other album. <laughs> Uh, named after herbs and it's not parsley, sage, rosemary and thyme. it's got some absolute belters on there I mean it opens up the Scarborough Fair yeah yeah. you know I mean Homeward Bound was a really successful single Um, The Dangling Conversation it has one of the few songs written by um, Art Garfunkel which is actually one of my all time favourite songs like ever of any one of, my, one of my all-time favourite songs. Right. Uh, called For Emily, Wherever I May Find Her. Oh, right, okay. Um, and the reason why I love that song so much is because, you know, it's a, it's not a long song. I think it's only about, it must only be about, it's not even two minutes long. It's two minutes and five seconds long. <laughs> two minutes, five seconds. <laughs> I've got two minutes, four seconds here. But yeah, oh, I mean, well, yeah. well. Um, Split the difference. <laughs> yeah, it's a really. But then again, Simon and Garfunkel songs aren't very long. Generally, no, I was just looking at it now. I mean, on that album, um, Scarborough Fair is the longest yeah. song, three minutes and 10, ten seconds. Yeah. Uh, 59th Bridge Street, feeling groovy, one minute forty-four. Which yeah. everyone's heard of that song, and it's it's barely a minute and a half long. Yeah. Mm. I think um, these guys are just uh, absolutely unreal. And that, that, that song, For Emily, Wherever I May Find Her, Whenever I May Find Her, 
is um, it, you know, like sort of a lot of songs they build to a uh, like a um, crescendo, a, yeah, like crescendo, and then and then they milk it for a bit. Whereas when I first heard this song, it builds up and up and up and up to Art Garfunkel singing. Um, I love you, girl. Oh, I love you. Doesn't it just stop? Bang. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and when I first heard it, I, th- I thought like I thought I'd accidentally skipped the track. <laughs> Your CD was faulty. And then I, I sort of I found it really frustrating at first mm. because I really wanted more of. I feel like they could have had another eight of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, actually, I realised that the sort of genius of it is yeah. the fact that you have just you, you crave and crave like a five-second portion. Yeah. How many songs do that? Um, and, and so that 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 song is one of my all-time favourite songs. I think it's amazing. But but the whole album, I think, what's so good about it is you've got some absolute gems, and you only need to commit about twenty seconds of your life to it. <laughs> <laughs> and the album's. The album is done. You can you can you can put side one on, boil the kettle, and by the time by the time you've made a cup of tea, you need the engine. Um, I'd some would argue that's not necessarily a good thing, but I, I know what you mean. It's uh, the songs it's are just so good. Tiny bite-sized portions. That's it. I mean, if they, if they were to, the thing is though, if you it's like the for the for Emily one, when it stops. It, it's uh, almost like a cliffhanger, isn't it? You kind, yeah, of, is, you yeah. kind of imagine what the rest of the sound, song would yeah. be like. And I think if they'd have done that and made it a five-minute song, I think maybe it would have lost its impact. And then it could have gone shit or it could have gone on to a different song or something like that. So I, I think it's... The, the only one I can think of like that, and it's it nowhere near my, my top whatever, but Coldplay did a song called Birds, and it very much does the same. It starts off quite, it's quite simple and then gradually builds up and then it just stops. And I did exactly the same thing. I think I listened to it on my phone and I thought, you know, you accidentally touch your phone and you think you skip to the next song. And I thought exactly the same thing. And it is, it's, even now it's frustrating that it ends because it's just, you just think, maybe just repeat the chorus one more time and then yeah. it'll be perfect. Yeah, um, yeah. But it sticks in your head because of it. It does. It does because you, you always th- leave a warning more, darling. And I and I have been <laughs> since nineteen sixty six. I was years. wanting more before I was even conceived. <laughs> You're listening to it in your dad's ball bag. Um, <laughs> but that is, um, I, but it's it, it's worth asking because I don't know because I don't listen to many live albums, but. When they have they done it live and, and maybe extended it is the versions where it does uh, the most the most famous um, live version they did of it. No, they didn't do it at all. Live Red, Hot Chili, Red Hot Chili Peppers covered it. Did not know that. No, they probably uh, ruined it in shorts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, here we go. This is the one I was looking for. Uh, uh, Central Park one. As if it doesn't tell me where where it where it is. There's Life from New York City, 1967. No, this is just, uh, this was in 1969. Ah, from the concert, um, Central Park. Right, okay. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, um, fucking hell, it was amazing. Um, but let's, let's be honest, there's not a lot that, that Art Garfunkel did, really. I mean, you know, the vast majority of, of, the, uh, of the songs come from Paul Simon, um, but that is actually one that, that Art Garfunkel is quite heavily credited for. 
Right, okay. Um, I think if it, the imagery for me, weirdly, and I always uh, I kind of struggle to explain this. I tried to explain it before and failed miserably. The imagery in, in, in Simon and Garfunkel's lyrics, I think, is very British because it conjures up like these sort of like meadows and yeah. rolling, rolling moors and like very like sort of autumn. I had to get that in, didn't you? <laughs> like, <laughs> like autumnal sort of themes and colours. In fact, um, the, uh, Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer, they, they do an awesome um, parody of them, don't they? Where they, they don't say the support. <laughs> <laughs> and they're clearly support. It's like Simon and Garfunkel, that's yeah. what they're supposed to be, but they don't say it. It's just, it's. But, you know, they're doing these songs on this. Oh, song. they do, they do um, Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys, don't they? Yeah. Good, 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 good vibrations. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I always I always thought that Paul Simon was English. Um, no. It is not. I, I genuinely always thought he was. No, I I think the, the only thing for, for me is though, obviously dipping in in and out of them. It, it's Art Garfunkel songs that I seem to remember more, and now I can't think of it. Bridge over trouble. It's probably Bridge over trouble water, isn't it? That's probably what it is. Yeah. And, and I think wasn't Paul Simon going to do it when they were recording it? I think he was originally going to sing it but he couldn't get the top note. So I think he was going to lower the whole song to a, a key that he could sing in. Right. And right near the end, they, they'd all have given up on it and said, well, I can't do it. And then I think Art Garfunkel did it in one take. Just came in and did it, yeah. Yeah. Grabbed his nuts and just... Yeah. yeah. I might have been making that up completely, but it sounds right, doesn't it? <laughs> Ridge of Troubled Water is, is always uh, one of my... My mum can't listen to that song without breaking down in tears. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, that is a staggering song. Um, well, I went to see a Simon and Garfunkel tribute night actually, and, I, and I've got tickets to see the. Um, was it Vic and Bob? <laughs> yeah, it was just two yeah. bloody random guys who. Were, yeah. It was at like a little. Uh, it was almost like a little little hut that they turned into a, a pop up bar right. in the middle of the Lake District. Years ago, me and my mum got tickets and just went to see it and uh, just sat there and drank whiskey all night and, and listened to these songs. And they were really good, but they're actually doing a tour at the minute. Um, there's a theatre production called Simon and Garfunkel Story. Right. And I've just bought uh, tickets for me, me mum, her partner and Fatima. Um, and it's actually happening on the night of my 32nd birthday. Nice. In, 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 um, in uh, Scarborough. So, uh, so, so we're, got, we're going to see that. Are they, fair, are they putting a fair on? No, <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> so, so what would be your two favourite off that album then? I guess for Emily, wherever I might find her. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. And then probably, well, I wouldn't say Homeward Bound. Let me bring up the track listing again. Scarborough Fair, Patterns, Cloudy. I love, I love Scarborough Fair. Right, there you go. Um, so that's on, there you go. Yeah, it would be Scarborough Fair. Excellent. No, it's good. It's, um, I, I remember my dad used to listen to, I remember the cover more than I remember the songs, Bookends. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, my dad, I know my dad used to listen to that a lot. Yeah. But I know Bridge Over Troubled Water, I've got on vinyl, and uh, yeah, that's a good one. I am surprised you've not picked that one over. Well, it's a tough one because the thing is, I, I, just, I, I literally put it down to what album I've listened to more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and there's no wrong answers, Ross. Don't worry about no, it. You know, no. we're all friends. Yeah. <laughs>
Right, so this is the one, my number six is the one I swapped out. So it was Daft Punk? No, it, it was James. All right, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, I've not done any research on this. <laughs> um, I know some of it, but uh, I'll just... Well, it's, it's almost like, every, it'll be more like mine, Simon, because every, every time I bring up an album up, I'd, oh, it's just, uh, my, my research is, it's just fantastic. <laughs> Just a great album. Staggering from end to end. Um, so yeah, this is a new edition. Uh, it's not the band new edition. This is a soundtrack album, and it was released in 1975. It was from a musical that had opened in 1973. The film didn't do particularly well at the time. Was then kind of reevaluated. Basically. Uh, uh, there's a word that I want to use, but you might just give it away. Um, it got a cult following um, for the stage version. Yeah. Um, and the stage version kind of brought it back, and it, I think it was reissued at the cinema. There, there was a there was a cinema in London that had shown it every day for twenty years, <laughs> maybe even more now. Um, I, I don't think it shows it anymore. People used to dress up as characters from it. And interact with the film. Yep. Any ideas? Is it Frankie Goes Hollywood? No. Oh. I think I can see where you got that from, but uh, it's not called that. Oh, oh right. Oh, oh, so I just got the name wrong. Uh, I, th- I think I think I think I know what you mean, but it's not. <laughs> What's Frankie Goes to Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> What's, a <laughs> What's a Jimmy Chase? Um, <laughs> I'll give you some of the people that were in the film of which the soundtrack was on. Yeah. And uh, I know them off by heart, but I will tell you anyway. Um, So, Barry Bostwick, Susan Sarandon, Patricia Quinn, Little Nell, Meatloaf, and Tim Curry. Yeah, so it is exactly what I'm thinking. Have I just got the name wrong? Yeah. Um, Fucking hell. Um, What's the bloody name of it? I just keep ending up at Frankie Gosso. Why why why, why is my mind going towards that? Um, because the the person that uh, uh, Tim Curry plays Frank Conferter, and I think that's where you got that from. No, yeah. go on, give me it. Oh, yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show. So, what's not... Frankie Goes to Hollywood? <laughs> uh, that's the name of this podcast, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's Frankie Goes to Hollywood? Frankie Goes to Hollywood was an 80s band. Did relax, I... relax, and two tribes, and the power of love, and oh yeah, yeah. When two tribes go to war, yeah. So that's Frankie goes to Hollywood. Um, yeah, no, it, I was it, thinking of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's exactly what I was. For some reason, it's completely. I don't, I, I don't think I don't even think I said uh, Richard O'Brien who um, who did the play in the music. Oh yeah. And yeah. Like um, it was uh, the film was directed by Jim Sherman. Who um, no. Yes, it was. Jim Sharman, who did, produced and wrote most of Bat Out of Hell 1 and 2 for Meatloaf. So I think there is a bit of a Meatloaf you feel about the whole thing, and obviously he's in it as well. I saw this when I was eight, and <laughs> I know I shouldn't have seen it, but it, it was the songs. The songs just made it. Our, our teacher was going to go and see it, um, and she was talking about dressing up for it and um and it, it was on the telly that week that week and um i, I asked my mum and dad if i could record it 
And then my mum said, oh, uh, I think your dad better watch it first just to check that it's all right. And uh, so I woke up, at, I think it was about half six in the morning, Saturday morning, and I, and I went into mum and dad and I went, is it all right for me to watch it? And my dad just kind of went, <laughs> so, so I watched it. Eight probably was a bit too early to, to watch yeah. that, maybe. Um, but um, I, I became obsessed uh, with it. Uh, I, I recorded, I, I did this a lot, but I, I recorded the whole film on tape, you know, the little portable cassette things, and you just press play and record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I could listen to it when, when I wasn't watching the film. I was listening to it all the time. Um, somewhere there's a tape of me and my sister performing the whole thing. Yeah, and it, it's, every time I watch it now, I kind of think, oh, I really probably shouldn't have watched that at that point. But, you know, things happen, don't they? <laughs> the things did. I don't think it changed me as a person. <laughs> did you? Did you? <laughs> Did your mum and dad ever sort of re-watch it and go, oh, Christ, we shouldn't have let him watch that? Oh, my, my mum would, would... If my mum had actually watched it first, she would not have let me watch it. Mm. I went to see it in 91 uh, with my dad. Um, the problem is because everyone does dress up to go and see it. Yeah. Obviously, driving from Stockport to Blackpool, which is where we went to see it, in any sort of costume. And obviously, sitting next to your dad in suspenders is probably something that <laughs> I would have had to have told a, a psychiatrist at some point. So uh, I, neither of us wanted to, to go down that route. Um, so I, I think I was still in my, my whatever I'd gone from work because uh, I started working at 16. And because we'd not dressed up, we felt like the weird ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I bought a T-shirt from the stand just so, so I got something um, to go on. But it, it, it was it was weird that we didn't get dressed up. Me and Charlotte went to see it about five years ago, uh, and it, it was it was good, um, and I really enjoyed it. And I, I think I sang every word uh, and every thing that, that went. I it's it's just like I said, it, I, I'd forgotten. Not forgotten about it, but I'd forgotten to put it in my list. And I expected like, to see it in your list. Well, I expected yeah. to see Frankie Goes to Hollywood in your, in your list. <laughs> Frankie Goes to Hollywood and the Rocky Horror Show, two very, very different <laughs> things. Or, or are they, though? I don't know. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it's. Um, I went off the fact that I knew it off by heart about two weeks after I'd seen it for the first time. And yeah. I could still do the whole thing off by heart. <laughs> Get the knickers on, let's see it. <laughs> <laughs> All the knickers off, you know. Um, <laughs> I just I need to go away and watch it again, don't I? Please do, please do. I think t- Tim Curry, obviously, you'll know him from Muppet Treasure Island. And it. And it, yeah, and uh, Home Alone Two, I think he was yeah. in as well. Yeah, they played like um, a hotel concierge or whatever. Yeah, that's right. He did a film called Clue. Have you ever seen that? Clue. Clue. Yeah, it's basically it's based on Monopoly. Um, so All thing, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the thing where everyone gets an invitation to a house, and uh, it's very clever. And he plays the butler in that as well. <laughs> and it's good because there's three endings to it as well. Because obviously it's a game of monopoly, and it depends whatever cards you pick out. So they play out all of the endings. You know. Do you, do you mean Monopoly or Cluedo? Did I say Monopoly? <laughs> <laughs> Like, in one of the endings, he buys Regents. <laughs> and another ending, he just settles with one. He buys the waterworks and drowns in it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, he gets all yeah. four stations and fucks off. 
<laughs> you know you're on a roll if you've got all four stations. No one's coming back from that. Clear um, <laughs> them. Yeah, <laughs> thinking like, how many endings are there in Monopoly? I think the ending is the same every time. Everybody loses the money, yeah, except everyone, one person. Everyone gets pissed off and wants to end it, apart from the person <laughs> that's winning. Um, so yeah, Cluedo, or Clue as it is in America. Do you remember Jenga, the movie? <laughs> <laughs> he did one He did one called Guess, and you basically... <laughs> There's lots of different people. Twenty-four who different. people, and it, and uh, and it was it was actually based on Kaplunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can just imagine the, the tagline for a Monopoly movie: <laughs> "Not everyone passes go." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thanks for joining us on episode four. Thank you very much, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you again uh, next time. Bye. And if you, if you haven't already got an urge to go and play some Cluedo, <laughs> Monopoly, or Kaplunk, or whatever takes it fancy, a dice-based game. <laughs> <laughs> Even frustration. Maybe, frust- yeah, I remember that, yeah. Plunk-plunk in the middle, yeah. Maybe that should be the name of the podcast. <laughs> Any dice-based game. <laughs> yes, I'll do that. <laughs> right. Thank you very much. See you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.